0: People! Welcome once again to the Party of One Podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Russell Collins for a playtest of his new game, Project Wingspan. Longtime listeners of the show may recognize Russell as the designer of Tears of a Machine, a game about teenage mech pilots that I super love. We played it on the show, it was awesome. So you can imagine how excited I was when Russell reached out about playtesting Project Wingspan, which is his new two-player role-playing game. And spoiler alert, it's super cool. Project Wingspan is a game of a cyborg super soldier struggling to maintain humanity and the humanity of his nation amidst a massive international conflict. It is gripping and intense and fun and really just so cool and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Now, I should say this is a playtest and therefore there's no buy link yet and some material may change between now and the final release. So quick heads up that there are some background noise issues. Uh, long story short, after three weeks of not picking up our trash, Philly decided to do it while we were recording. We nipped most of it, but there might be a spot here or there. Just keep that in mind. A quick note to say that I'm going to be at New York Comic Con this week. Uh, if you're going to be one of the 150,000 people that are going to be there, you should shoot me a tweet. I know it's not the easiest con to find someone at, but we will try our best to meet up. Uh, it's a bit of a cluster, but it is one of my favorite cons of the year. I cannot lie. <sighs> with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past, so he can get started with the show. Take it past me.
1: Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Russell Collins. Russell, looking to party of one. Oh, thanks. It's good to be here. So, why don't you uh, up top introduce yourself? Talk a little bit about your work. Where people might know you from?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Russell Collins. I'm the uh, creator of Tears of a Machine, which is a game that was played uh, yes. uh, on Party of One uh, a couple months back. That's really been my big uh, achievement. I've been haunting the uh, the various East Coast uh, indie game design events for a decade or so now, and you know, been able to do a little bit here and there. Tears is my first big release, and I'm kind of hoping to follow that up with uh, Project Wingspan.
1: Oh yeah, I'm really excited. That's the game that we're playing this week. It is a two-player game that I am super excited about. I read <laughs> it over, it sounds awesome. So,
2: I'm kind of feeling like diving right in how about you?
1: um sure well, yeah, let me just give Oh, yeah you a, give me uh, give me the give me the, the,
2: yeah, the pitch yeah uh the quick background is it is a uh as you said two player game it's um sort of a alternate history with a lot of diesel punk elements uh, so it's sort of in that weird world war one world war two era uh set in some fake European countries. Um the country of Morovia is surrounded by Hansa and Asturia, and those two countries have formed an alliance, and they've decided Morovia's land really should belong to them. So the people of Morovia are looking for some kind of uh super weapon that they would need in order to survive uh, a war with the two surrounding larger powers, and that's where Project Wingspan comes in. yes
1: so uh, I go ahead and introduce my character then mm-hmm. uh, Klaus Winberg. He was a, he's an old veteran. He was, uh, I imagine he was a pilot when he, like, he's been a pilot, but I imagine he hasn't seen a lot of action. Mm -hmm. He's sort of, he's past his prime. He's old, he's got white hair, sort of in a very nice, like, side part, mustache, kind of like a Sully Sullenberger type look.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And he's sort of Works served most of his time in like peacetime, so mm-hmm. he hasn't seen a lot of action. Right. So when so when the the military things started happening, when when um, Morovia was put in danger, mm-hmm. he kind of felt like it was his duty to step up and help people, even if he wasn't if he wasn't in the prime of his life anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He wanted to find a way to continue to serve. Gotcha. Which brings him to Project Wingspan. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've already filled out some of your stats uh, based on the veteran template. So we've yes. got things like your dice and, and your basic skills. And uh, we'll go through the first few scenes of your character. And while we do that, we'll sort of uh, customize and, and finish the character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing we start out is a, a scene about your drive. Uh, every character has you know, a, a drive motivation behind them. Right. Uh, and your drive as a veteran is your drive for duty. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll set up a scene where we'll sort of explore that. And right. then you know we'll, we'll customize things as we finish out that scene. Yeah. So, Klaus, um, this is a couple days after... The, uh, the bombs went off in the capital. Uh, Hansa haven't bothered to disavow that these radicals who set it off. And instead, they've been spreading pro- propaganda about there's Moravian citizens in the west border who would probably be a lot happier to join the uh, the new alliance. And so there's rumblings about separatists and you know, uh, uh, troops movement movement back and forth along the borders. And it, that's, that's led to a lot of tension, a lot of nervousness, but also a lot of people eager to volunteer right. for the military. Um, so uh Klaus is in one of the uh enlistment offices surrounded by much younger much more uh, excitable people uh men and women you know lining up to right. uh, give, you know enter their names sign up for everything you know do what they can uh you know a lot of propaganda reeling along the background uh you know uh TV and radio uh, broadcast constantly about like cleaning up the mass and what does this mean for Morovia what's our right. future and how can we fight them blah 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 and in all that I mean you've turned in your little chit and you're just waiting, mm-hmm. and waiting, and hours go by, and more and more of these, you know, uh, young strapping men and women, you know, their their numbers are called, and they get mm-hmm. up and they go to their interviewer, and pretty soon it's dwindling down to it's just you and a few other people sitting there, in a hole, you know, holding your little paper, waiting for uh, waiting for your, your call. When finally, 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 your number comes and you're uh, called up to uh, to a desk. Uh, the clerk looks pretty worn out by this point. Uh, he looks at the uh, the, the page in front says. Klaus Winberg So, um uh, veteran, that's commendable, but you were discharged, of course. Oh of course. I honorably, of course. But, yeah. You know. But your your days are uh well over, sir. But
1: well yes, and, but you know I I feel like there there I could be I could be sitting at home you know, whittling wood and watching the days go by, or I could be doing something. And it seems like this is a time when we need people who are willing to do something.
2: So here I am. Okay, right. But we need people who are willing to do something who are not going to have, um, shall we say, uh, special uh, treatment in order to keep them upright and functional in the battlefield. I mean... According to the records there was a a, a wound to your knee uh, involved in your discharge uh, that's
1: minor it's, it you know when it, gonna... it aches when it rains it ain't, it ain't much
2: <laughs> well it's going to rain an awful lot sir look um i'll i'll see what i can come up with just wait here a minute okay sure whatever you say mm. and um, i think he pulls from his pocket like
1: that's so old man, but I think he pulls, like, a candy from his pocket, like, Mm -hmm. where there's originally, he's like, he, he, like, tosses it to him, he's like, Mm -hmm. here, you look like you could use a, like, you could use a treat, and he, like, smiles warmly Mm -hmm. and walks back and sits, and he sort of slouches just a little bit, but not enough that I think anybody would really notice. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. Yeah, the clerk actually picks up the candy, unwraps it, pops it into his mouth, and then uh, walks back to a corner where he opens up a little, uh, uh, door to a partition, says a few words through the door, then, uh. Stands up, and a, a guy in a much more official-looking uniform steps out of there. You know, this guy had an office worker, military guard. This guy's, like, full dress stuff. Um, but despite his, you know, his neatly pressed uniform and all that, he looks like a guy who hasn't slept in a couple of days. Right. You know, like, you know, his eyes are puffy, and, you know, his uh, uh, you know his collar's a little rumpled. Right. You see the sweat stains. And he um, he comes around the, uh, uh, the, the desk walking up towards you, uh, extends a hand. Hello, uh, Klaus. Uh, my name is uh, Commander Boza. Um, I've just been told by our clerk here that uh, you are a veteran and you're yes. interested to serve. Uh, you'll likely not make it through a lot of the physical requirements, though. If I'm reading your record correctly,
1: sir, I understand that, sir. But I am certain that there are duties that can be filled that do not require. You know, there are the boys, the young boys on the front line, but I'm certain that there's a role, there's a role for
2: me somewhere. Hmm. I just want to serve. I want to do my duty. How how eager are you to serve? I mean, you're a soldier. You put your life on the line from Rovia before. Are you still willing to do that today? More so today than ever
1: before, sir. The time you know the time that I served was dangerous, but nothing compared to where we are now.
2: So, if I were to offer you an extremely dangerous proposition, you wouldn't shy away from any duty like that. He furrows his brow, and he, he hesitates for a second, but he says,
1: Sir, if you feel I'm a man for the job, then I will do the job that is required of me.
3: Hmm.
2: Now, he's taking a measure of your response to that. The words are good, but, you know, the uh, what you're projecting is not total confidence. Sure. So let's turn that into our first challenge. Okay. Uh, it sounds like the angle we're going for is you're trying to convince this guy to do something. Yeah. Um, you have skills attached to each of your right. talents. Consider talents, you know, sort of attributes. They're an overall measure of natural ability. Skills right. are places where you are trained and so on. So since you're trying to convince him, that so would I'm fall under your charming talent. So I'm going to roll 2d6. Yes, yeah, 2d6.
1: And I'm going to add two because I have convincing convince of two. Yeah,
2: well, uh, uh, you're going to roll them and then oh, gotcha. take the high die. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. So go ahead. So I got a five. Five. So I'm going to
1: add two to that.
2: And we've got a seven. Seven, good. Well your difficulty for that was only a five because Great. the story wouldn't go very far if we stopped right here. Sure. <laughs> so that makes sense. The uh uh commander chews over um his thoughts for a little while, and uh you know, then goes and says something else to the clerk who runs and grabs a phone, brings it out, and uh, uh then he opens up another clipboard and says, Okay, we need you to sign here, 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 initial here and here. I want to involve you in something called Project Wingspan. It's extremely new, extremely experimental, but if we're going to be honest, Morovia has the resources to fight a conventional war for about a year, and if by that point the um, concordant nations haven't decided to come to our rescue, we're sunk. We need, we need something new and better, and I'm hoping that Project Wingspan will be able to give us uh, an edge in this conflict. Well, Project
1: Wingspan sounds like it needs a pilot, and that was my specialty. So sign me up. And he grabs the clipboard and he mm-hmm. starts signing. And he's like cracking jokes, like my my sign in a form or filling out my taxes, and he's like yucking as <laughs> yeah, he sold, yeah. as he fills it out. Right, cool. He's because he's a dad. He's such a dad.
2: Yep. So we finished up your drive scene there. Uh, now, scenes that engage your um, motivations uh, are how you fill up your joy. Okay, uh, joy is kind of a, a resource. Uh, you can consider them kind of like drama points or action sure. points or whatever. They're points you can spend to modify die rolls after they happen. So, whenever you have a chance to go after one of your motivations, like to demonstrate your drive or whatever, then that's a chance for you to gain joy. So, you want to do that as you can. Right. So, the first thing we're going to do, since that scene was all about your drive right. of duty, let's uh, fill in a point of joy. Right. Just all check right. it off, or mark it. Cool. So, we know you've got that point. Yep. And now, since we're still going through our character creation thing, you used your convince skill successfully in that scene. Yes. So, I want you to bump that up from two to three. I can do that. Yeah. A little bit of personalization on sure. the numbers. And now, let's write uh, a little sentence into your okay. drive. Now right, You know, drive is just duty, but now you've sure. got to personalize it. Tell me more about what duty means to Klaus.
1: I think it means he wants to prove that he can still serve a purpose, because it seems like people are eager to mm-hmm. count him out. So
2: age is not an obstacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay,
3: age yeah. is not we an go. obstacle. Mm-hmm. Age is not an obstacle. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that gets us our first scene. Perfect. So,
2: um, the next scene we're going to trans, uh, transition into is um, your hope scene. Drive and hope are your two motivations. Drive is what you want from yourself, and hope is what you want from other people. What you right. want to get out of your interactions with others. So, we have these sort of these two elements of inner and outer for your your motivation when you want to you know, what you want to deal with in in situations. Sure. So, your hope is safety. Um, as I said, hope is external. So that's not for your own safety. That's right. for the safety, the safety of, of others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to be a protector as, yeah. a, as a veteran. So, uh, let me, let me set that up a bit. Uh, Project Wingspan is, um, a month of extremely intense conditioning that involves a lot of weird stuff. There are a lot of doctor visits, a lot of consultations, a lot of injections, a lot of elective surgeries, and then a lot of weird. Exercises that 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 sort of border on the the realm of, of freaky. Um, you're being trained to harness some new weapon that they keep just referring to as the machine. Okay. Uh, whenever anybody you know like you know whenever you uh, feel the urge to ask for more details, it's always sort of a well, it's above your pay grade" kind of deal. Right. So no one's able to give you a clear answer on what it is, but they know that it's powerful. They know that it needs a committed person to. Control it, and you apparently are compatible. So that makes you the the perfect project candidate for Project Wingspan. Uh, after a month of intensive training and all kinds of weird visualization exercises and, and explanation of how the activation system works and blah blah blah, you are released uh, with a uh, a code name and a uh, background and sent to a tiny little mountain community called Idle. Uh, okay up in the hills uh idol's not really the tiny town it once was it's basically the center for wine production in okay. morovia so it's uh it's a busy place wine being one of the primary exports in morovia sure um so idol is kind of where they're going to keep you uh safe and out of the way it's up in the hills it's easily defensible sure. it's far from any kind of front lines because when they need you they'll need you but when they don't need you they want you to keep a low profile stay that out makes of the sense. way yeah stay out of the way in yeah. a in a, a nice quiet place so what kind of work would Klaus get living there I think
1: as much as as they want him to keep a low profile I think he would try to try to, to keep proving that he he can still do things I think he would go after like something active like maybe hmm. a construction job or construction. something like that Something that would something that would require more moving than than perhaps somebody of his age of would be mm-hmm. expected of somebody so there, his there,
2: age. Yeah, there are plenty of field workers. There are plenty of people who sort of work in in loading and unloading and yeah. the, the, the warehouses and all that. Stuff. Uh, I think um, a warehouse job would be perfect.
1: Yeah, I think sure. He wants, I think he wants something like blue collar. Also, he wants he wants to be mm-hmm. okay. Cool. One of the guys.
3: All right then. So let me just make a quick note here.
2: So um Klaus gets himself a nice little job working at the Fairmont winery in the uh in the stock rooms you know in the, in the warehouses shifting sure. bottles and crates back and forth yeah. and you know his knee complaining as it rains but uh right. remember you no know, I you know got a soldier on through because yeah. this is what it's about and I mean, after a you know a couple days of working there, um, your knee hurts less when it rains, you know, and you feel yourself feeling a little more fit, a little right. more strong. You know? I, I mean, feel ever ten, s- feel ten years younger? Yeah, ever since you started up with Project Wingspan, it feels like you know you're, you don't feel uh, uh, you don't feel the the years like you used to. Uh, so your boss Gene Wasler um, is looking for some people who can work late night shifts, overnight shifts, and all that sort of thing. And, uh, your name comes up because he hears that you're a veteran. He's like, great, because, you know, we're also, we're a little short on security. Everybody's a little nervous about stuff. So, in addition to moving stuff around, uh, if, you know, any weird things happen, I'm hoping you can help, uh, cover with that. I think he throws a salute and says, sir, yes, sir, you got your man. Okay. Then he, uh, he gives you a belt with a baton on it to, to add to your typical, right. uh, attire here. Uh, one of your coworkers, Marta. Uh, Marta Breen she's younger um but also very active around here, like very eager. she's very okay. athletic. she's always like you know hefting things and toting, and she keeps calling you old man every time <laughs> she breezes past you in one place or the other uh you know she's just signed up actually, she's kind of waiting for her orders to uh you know to to uh, uh to go through the enlistment and right. uh, and get deployed uh, you know it's a it's a few days, a few weeks well, it's a month and if, and a couple weeks on now, so Things are getting quite uh, serious. Uh, Mm -hmm. Troops have begun incursions in across the border. Um, You know, all the formal declarations of war have been made, but now everyone's kind of waiting to see who's going to strike the first real blow. Right Right now it's just skirmishes and a lot of troops moving back and forth and and everyone kind of waiting for the hammer to fall. Um, So uh, you're working late one of those evenings moving those crates and Piles of boxes and so on, back and forth. Marta cracking jokes constantly the whole time that that she does this. Um, when uh, her mother Hannah arrives, uh, bringing you know her dinner, um, gives uh, Marta a little picnic basket with sandwiches in it, and uh, then also gives you a couple as well. Hmm. You know, Hannah's a nice lady. Yeah, you've met her a few times and that sort of thing. And then uh, uh, as Marta's halfway through uh, her second sandwich, uh, you hear a a crack and a, a bang come from far down the. Uh, Far down the row, these these crates and boxes, uh, and then the alarm goes off. Okay. Sort of, you know, bell starts ringing right. loudly, and you know, and, and, and chattering. And Marta immediately jumps to her feet, drops uh, the sandwich, and says, "Don't worry, old man, I got this." So it's barreling down the hallway towards the source of the sound. Uh, Hannah is shocked, drops the thickness back, and is like, "What's what's going on? What's going on?"
1: Uh, so what do you do in this? Clash situation? stops. He puts his hand on Hannah's shoulder, mm-hmm. says, says. Don't worry. We're don't worry. We're trained professionals. We have the, We have this under control. Stay here. Stay safe. We'll take care of it. And I think he bolts. I mm-hmm. think he bolts. I think he like slaps his knee once just to be like, be like, mm-hmm. it's time to work. And then like bolts down the 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 warehouse after.
2: Okay. So uh, what we want to test here is your fitness. Apparently. Okay. Um, now there are two. Skills two two ways to go after using your fitness. Uh, deft is more for dexterity and you know and being uh, uh, you know um, precise, right. light on your feet, that sort of thing. Whereas strong is more about endurance, powering through stuff, that kind of thing. Um, what do you think is is Klaus's approach to uh, uh, to getting through this warehouse asap? I picture it
1: is imprecise, but like direct. Mm-hmm. It is like, terminate, like the Terminator one, T-1000, <laughs> where it's just, like, he's got a straight line, and I, I'm kind of picturing if you've ever, if you've seen, uh, Casino Royale, the the one with Daniel Craig. There's the chase oh, scene where the yeah. guys like parkouring and, and he's, he's just, just pounding through, yep. through the, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Uh-huh. So like, uh-huh. there's uh, probably a box gets put in front of him and he just like knocks it over and he's like, "I'll pick that up later." Sorry, <laughs>
2: sorry, I'll pick it <laughs> oh, up later. Yeah. Cool. So, okay, so yeah. Just barreling ahead. Yeah. All right. So you have uh, four for your fifth. So four. let's pick up four dice. Four dice. Roll them and look for the highest result. Uh, it'll be a four. A four. Okay, good. And since you're going with strong, they you add three. Seven. That it gives you another seven. That's good. That gets you past the difficulty. This one difficulty was six right here. Again, you know, I'm not trying to. Right. Not trying to, to knock you out yet. So, um. Yeah, you're barreling down uh, the the corridor. You know, you, uh, you see a box of wine. You sort of kick aside yeah. and race down. You know, uh, uh, and, and he's uh, making sure to apologize whenever mm-hmm. he does it, but he's still absolutely doing it. When you get to the end of the hallway, you you turn around the corner. You see there's a, a pallet that is shifted and uh, a bunch of wine bottles lying on the floor, and Marta is lying face down on the floor in front of them. I think he's going to uh,
1: like scoop her up and see if she is still conscious, mm-hmm. and try to in like. Try to make sure that she's okay before figuring out, like, mm-hmm. who has triggered the alarm.
3: Okay.
2: All right. Um, yeah, you run down. You grab her by the shoulder. You start to pick her up. She's like, wait, 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 wait. You're going to scare it. You're going to scare it. And she pushes herself out of your grip. Down there. And she gets back down on the floor. And she's looking underneath one of the, the pallets. Look, like, oh, there's a little squirrel back there. Poor thing must have gotten in through the uh, skylight. Let's see if I can get him out of there.
1: Klaus, uh, like, leans down and, again, reaching into his pocket, pulls out another one of these, like, candies and puts it just, like, within arm's reach, but mm-hmm. but also, like, far enough away that the squirrel <laughs> might come and get it and,
2: like, puts it down. It's just like, mm-hmm. let's see what it does.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We wait for a few seconds before the squirrel is curious enough to come and grab the treat. Uh, as soon as it does, Marta catches hold of right. by the scruff of the neck uh, and on her way to the door says, quick thinking, old man, I guess... Uh, guess that's a trick you'll have to remember. Yeah. I got a trick or two up my sleeve. Okay. So that's uh, your hope scene. You, you know, acted to preserve the safety of others. Yes. Uh, you did it in a very physical way. So let's uh, bump up your strong right. rating. So that's going to go up to a four. Plus four. After this, we stop uh, uh, improving your stats. Yeah. After this, you have to put more work into games. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was uh, another successful action in a motivational thing. So, so that's a point, point of joy. joy. And now let's personalize your hope. What does Klaus, what does, you know, the safety of others mean to Klaus?
3: I think it's safety
1: over, it's safety and then, or safety over objective, I think is, is the best way to put it. I gotcha. think he wants to make sure that everyone's okay mm-hmm. and then accomplish the task. Gotcha. His job, his, his first job is always going to be to help people. Mm-hmm. And then beyond first. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Okay. Protector first and foremost. Yeah. Good.
2: So now we've basically finished our, our character creation right. scenes, and we can start getting into our first uh, uh, sort of action scenes uh, yeah. of the game. Um, each phase of these introduces a few more rules, so you know, we'll take some time to go over each one right. as, we, as we build them Cool. In. So uh, it's a couple days later. Things have been, you know going well for you, you know, things mm-hmm. are going well at the, at the job. Uh, um, you know, after you told uh, Hannah uh, the story about uh, uh, the squirrel and Marta laughed about it, um, you know, she's uh, been bringing you an extra sandwich each time she visits. So she thinks it's, you know, very kind of you to have, uh, <laughs> have saved the poor little animal instead of, you know, mm-hmm. killing it like some kind of brute. Um, but um, things are still... Tense. There's still a lot of nervous energy yeah. around town. Sure, sure, sure. You know? and it's the kind of tension that you worry, well, it, it's okay now, but things could get worse. Yeah. Uh, and probably will get worse if the, the war kicks into, into high gear. One of the things I want you to note on your character sheet is you have two ratings there for anger and yes. despair. Those are um, basically ratings of your capacity to handle okay. the anger and despair of others. Right, that makes sense. Uh, it's a war. Bad things are going to happen, but as long as those bad things are kept sort of within the bounds sure. of those numbers, then you can deal with people. Once, yeah. once the mood of the country shifts too far one way or the other, you're kind of out of your depth. That makes you know? sense. Yeah, yeah. So just keep that in mind. When, when, if things get that far, then it, you know things are going. It's going right. to get harder and harder to talk sense to people who are you know at wit's end. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, you're just finishing up uh, a shift, you know. You just uh, um, you know, finished packing away some boxes, you know. You're, you're towelling off the sweat and putting your uh, your cap back on, and on mm-hmm. your way out, when you see Commander Boza is uh, waiting for you at the door on the way out. Uh, he's already got your coat for you. Oh, wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. We need to hurry along. It's time for a deployment. I throw him a salute. I I like so respectfully grab my mm-hmm. coat and I I say, lead the way, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, you notice that he's actually wearing a, a pretty plain coat as well, uh, you know, over his uniform. Like right. he's just trying to sort of you know keep, keep things quiet about who he is, right. where he's going. Uh, he leads you down to a jeep, and they begin to drive out of town as he gives you sort of the you know the lowdown. So there's a uh, well, basically a, a skirmish on the border, and a few um, soldiers from that skirmish seem to have uh, broken away, found their way across the mountains, and are now uh, uh, You know, heading towards a tiny little village, uh, little hamlet. They've got the area surrounded. They can probably control it pretty well, but they're seeing this as a great test opportunity for Project Wingspan. So they want to send you in to deal with this uh, small uh, incursion quickly and, uh, you know, just demonstrate to the military what what Wingspan can really do. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, So they drive you down to what they call the scrapyard, which... Kind of is a scrap, right. you know, old rusting machinery and and chunks of you know uh, uh, cars and all that sort of thing. Um, and when you hear some of the the boffins and and sciency types and so on, and technicians are already there setting up all these this you know these these weird uh, uh, you know monitors and, and laying out uh, lengths of cable and plugging tubes into uh, switch banks and sure all, all that sort of thing. Uh, there's also a little um, a little tent set up off to one side. Um, you're hurried into the tent where a uh, nurse. Hands you uh, some hospital scrubs, and then steps out of the tent. You know, just best to change out of your street sure. clothes. Yeah. You know? uh, once you've changed and you're in your your little hospital scrubs, uh, they hand you this thing called your activation injector, and they walk you out to a little X that's been painted uh, on the asphalt, on the cracked asphalt, in the middle of this X you know, marks the spot. Yeah, right? middle of it, middle of this junkyard. Everybody gets back a safe distance. They sound an alarm klaxon that buzzes three times, and then you jab yourself in the leg with the injector. Now it starts out as kind of a warm tingling from your leg that sort of spreads up and down sure. through your whole body and then that that tingling becomes more of a a, a vibration um, and it, it builds and builds and builds and builds until there's just sort of searing heat and and a wave of pain and the machine in in all its little tiny uh flittering black dots just bursts out of your skin okay. sort of coated in in a mist right. of your blood but the pain immediately recedes after that's done and then there's this gray swirling cloud of all these tiny tiny dots just floating around you in all directions this is the machine as it emerges from you and then it begins doing what it's meant to do it begins to build your weapons uh the little dots fly out towards all the chunks of rusted metal and plastic and glass it you know they settle on them right. and then and then fly back and fly out and fly back and fly out and fly back, so that they're sort of nibbling away right. at the metal, like you know, take you know, like like insects, you know, tearing apart something and carrying it back in tiny pieces to you. Yeah. And as they bring back these tiny little treasures, they start to construct them into your weapon form, right. your body as a, uh, you know, as, as the the wingspan weapon. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. First of all, let's think about what do you what you look like in your weapon form. Uh, this is part of where those visualization exercises right. came in. You know, it, it, the the machine really is guided by your imagination more than anything right. else. So you look kind of like what you expect you would look like as a one right. man mechanized army. So it could be you know uh, uh, for our purposes, could be an Iron Man suit, right. could be something more bird like, could be um, you know. Uh, uh, Samus Aran, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but it generally, it's it's a, you know, a uh, uh, humanoid uh, right. form covered over in, in metal and uh, uh, and equipment and all that sort of thing. So what is, what is your
1: weapon form shaped like? I think it has wings on mm-hmm. the back, like jet wings. Mm-hmm. Plane wings, because yeah. he's a pilot, and I think when he's visualizing things, he visualizes, like, planes. Because mm-hmm. that's what he knows. Mm-hmm. And so he's got wings on the back. And it's sort of Sort of a metal, like plated, sort of a combination of like armor and almost like the proportions of almost a flight suit. Hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. This
1: like wing set on the back, but on, and it's like plating, like mm-hmm. it's got like, like uh, the big heavy metal chunks, yeah slabs. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's, he, it looks, chunkier than I think you would expect such a like state of the art weapon to look because I Mm -hmm. think he has a hard time visualizing like sleek Mm -hmm. angles and things so I think it's very chunky it's very big and it has this bulky Mm -hmm. jet
2: pack with like jet wings sticking out the back big military industrial piece of machinery cool That's that's good Well, now, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the upgrades to your machine. All right. Um, your machine has a rating, which yeah. is basically how much of you has been given over to being the machine. Yours starts at two because you're a veteran. Sure. And you're going to, because you have two in machine, you're going to activate two, sure. two upgrades. Okay. On your character sheet. Um, you can upgrade your fit or focus talent. And then you can upgrade, uh, your deft, strong, intellectual or observant skills. Um, Basically, pick whichever two of those you want. The upgrades on talents add plus one to the result whenever you roll those dice. Okay. The upgrades on skills add plus two to that skill. So, since they're more focused, they're oh, more right. potent. And then we can talk about what those sort of mean as you you pick out what, what matters to you. I think it's going to be focused. Focused. I mm-hmm. think focused. Good. And I'm going to
3: go with deft. Okay, cool. Yeah.
2: One thing to note, in future deployments, you have the opportunity to shift your upgrades around. Right. So you're not locked into these forever, right. but that's good. So what that uh, uh implies to me is with focused, we're talking more about distance right. work, yeah. uh, range, uh, uh, ranged weapons, that sort of thing. When we're talking about fit and deft, we're talking about, you know, light, quick movements. Yeah. So think about what kind of armaments that implies. You know, um overall, you can... Just as you can visualize your body, you can visualize different weapons, and the machine builds them for you, like either into your into your suit or just into right. your hands. And you, know, you can visualize a sword, and it's there for you. Right. you visualize, you know, a a, a, a a you know a combat rifle. Um, a lot of what they were trying to do in training is trying to push you to visualize new and more elaborate right. things. You know, what what about a sniper rifle that fires fires lightning bolts? You know, what about right. a sword made out of made out of out of light? So. Those two upgrades there, the one that's improving your deft, means it's improving your grace and movement. So your wings are probably larger and more um, bird-like in that they can shift and adjust. They're yeah. probably more steering engines built into you yeah. uh, so that you can move quickly and lightly. Uh, you might not ever really touch the ground. You might always just hover a I little think bit.
3: That's, above and I
1: think that's exactly what he visualizes mm-hmm. because, like I said, like, I think he sees so much. I think he was a pilot for so long. I think he sees a lot of... A lot of like his visualization was seeing things
2: through his experience piloting. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah, and you find at your hip there's a saber, there a light, uh, yeah. quick to quick to wield sword. Now, for focused, um, I think that the the you know the, the long range guns that are built into your suit or built over your shoulders or mm-hmm. into your, your your arm plates uh, are, are uh, larger and more powerful. So yeah, they're almost they're almost tiny. Uh, uh, Turrets. Yeah. Do you like like the like the bubble turrets mm-hmm. on a bomber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those That's are exactly sort of weapon, what I'm thinking. yeah built into your armor plating. You have several of those that sort of track around, you know, looking for yeah. targets mm-hmm. around you. I'm picturing ball jointed like turret type guns on his shoulders
3: mm-hmm.
1: that kind of start out forward when he's facing up and then kind of turn up when he turns down to fly. Mm-hmm. So they kind of rotate yeah.
2: depending right. on his like track with your movements.
1: Yeah, excellent. Yeah.
3: All right.
2: So that is your weapon form, and those are your your upgrades for that. And now that you have your 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 weapon form, uh, you're given a quick radio broadcast, the sure. place to go, uh, and you take off, I mean flying towards the uh the site of yeah. the disturbance. So one thing that I do want to touch on now quickly. When you're in combat, you are fighting as sort of the exemplar of Morovia. Uh, that sense. W- when you're in town, the things that happen happen to you. But once you're on the battlefield, the things that are going on here will have an impact right. on what comes after. They're gonna, they're the ripples are gonna carry yeah. out from what you do here. So you know, when you get hurt, Morovia gets hurt. When you succeed, Morovia succeeds. But if you go overboard and succeed too well. Then Morovia is going to get whipped up into a frenzy, right? You know, and and it, it might not be the defending force for very long if if that happens. Yeah, you know? we we don't want to become entirely uh, warlike as yeah. a people. But perhaps <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how the war goes. Yeah. Yep. So Commander Broza uh, is speaking in your ear and and guiding you uh, on your way to the uh, the location. This tiny little hamlet. Uh, apparently, the troops there have already. Um, Sort of set up camp in the middle of town. Okay. Uh, they had one of their uh, their Blue Beetle Walker tanks. one of those big diesel pump yeah. things, a six legged tank with them. And they think it's broken down because they've perched it in the middle of town next to a church and okay. built, you know, put sandbags around it and sort of set it up there. Uh, um, there's a lot of shout- shouting and so on, you know, uh, 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 with the you know the forces who they know are sort of formed a peripheral around uh the city there are already people shouting like you know we'll start killing people if you if you try to uh if you try to come in here after us and all that kind of thing uh so it is kind of a a standoff but uh berza is um confident that your quick action will sort this uh uh, this matter out right away and you know people are looking this way it'll it'll be a good a good indicator of what wingspan can do
1: yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm.
2: so let me talk about one other rule which is your power level right You're not, uh, you don't have an infinite battery when you are flying around as the, uh, you know, as your weapon form. There is a power level, which is kind of a limitation on how many actions you can take. That makes sense. Yeah, before things run out. We're going to start with a power level of 25. Okay. For this, uh, for this encounter. And that means that as you act, you'll be, uh, you'll be ticking down that pool of, of energy. Sure. So the other thing to introduce is the fact that the enemies now have uh, buffs. A buff is an advantage that the enemy holds uh, that can be, uh, you know, that can reduce your combat effectiveness. Each, um, you know, action uh, uh, might run up against a buff. And when you face a buff, you can either say, all right, I will power through this obstacle and you'll have to roll fewer dice in order to power through. Or you can take a separate action just to remove buffs on the enemy, which we call debuffs. So let's, uh, uh, in the city, you know, in the town, rather, we have uh, that uh, Walker tank, and we have uh, the crew of it. And they're both two separate units for the purposes of a combat. Um, What do you want to handle first? What do you want
1: to deal with first? I want to take out the tank first. I feel like, Mm because I feel like if I take out the tank, then the the crews
2: will be run, and they'll, they'll be scattering, and I can take them out a little easier. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, the tank is dug in um which is probably the first its first buff is okay. the fact that it's dug in it's it's you know they put put their sandbags around it there you know they they've uh, protected it as best they can so it's got some defense there that you'd have to uh either find a way around or, or or power through it's also got its main gun trained on um on the church okay so effectively it's sort of holding the the building itself hostage and you expect sure. it's probably where they're keeping a lot of the people sure so it has those two buffs in its favor um so well, you know, you, you can uh, think about your your plan of attack. You might be able to circumnavigate those buffs, or you might say, "I need to handle that before I take the the you know the tank on directly." So, what 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 kind of approach do you do? You I have to take? need to take. I need
1: to debuff the church mm-hmm. immediately because mm-hmm. safety over objective. That's I have to. If there's mm-hmm. if they're pointing it at the church and there's mm-hmm. people inside, I have to make sure that it's not doing that. Yep. yep. So yep. I think the best way to do that is to give up the element of surprise and maybe do like a quick strafing run
3: mm-hmm. to
1: like just the, do just enough damage around it so that it's so that they know that there's a thing mm-hmm. so that the and and it's a thing that they can target at you know okay. what i mean make my expose myself for just long enough that they'll they'll take aim at me instead of the church
2: mm-hmm. okay so if it's a quick strafing run you're looking at making a ranged attack so that would be your observant action, okay. focused and observant action. Now, the sandbags do provide them with some cover, though. So sure. I, think they're, I think you're still – even though you can get through that – even though we're right. sort of dancing around that one buff to, to remove it, that other one is still kind of standing in your okay. way. So let's reduce your focused uh, dice pool – or. Dice okay. hand down from four to three. Okay. For the and then plus one for my uh, mm-hmm. upgrade, right? Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, points so, added on. Uh, oh, uh, gotcha, I gotcha, gotcha. Difficulty you're going for is seven. So seven. Okay. Oh well. Okay. So five. Okay, five. Plus three is eight. Five plus three is eight, and then of course the one plus more one, from so your nine. from your yep. So nine. Great. So nine is a successful action. The um, strafing run. Uh, works like a charm. Great. Fly in low, you know, you, you pepper the area with yeah. shot. Um, they don't quite know where it's coming from, and because of that, because they're uncertain, the, the tank uh, commander uh, wheels the gun around so the big turret, you uh, know, swings back right. up into the sky looking for the target. You know, you, you have the element of surprise for that long enough, and then you give it up, but that's drawn all their attention. The right. tank crew, uh, uh, you know, uh, a couple of guys who are, like, hefting uh, cans of gasoline that, you know, uh, drop them and start running oh, back towards the tank. You know, the tank's gun aims up in the air as they're trying to figure out what's going on. There's a lot of shouting and pointing uh, as they try and track you. So, um, let's work through what actually happened with those sure. numbers. You were acting on your hope, which is awesome. Yes. So, give yourself another point of joy for Great. doing that. Um, You rolled a five as your high die. Yes. So, that's five points ticked off from the power levels now there are 20 points left in your in your power level and each time you each time you roll the dice it's going to chip away some of that it's dependent on how well you roll so if you roll really well you'll be successful but you'll have fewer opportunities and it doesn't
1: factor into account my skills and upgrades so so it benefits me to do things that have high uh benefits from skills and upgrades ah you've got the strategy already good
2: good 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 now the other thing to note you beat the uh the difficulty of this like um in a, a, a combat situation, obviously too low is a failure and that causes you pain. Right. Uh, uh, a pass, a tie number is a pass and that's great. You get exactly what you want. Right. What you did in this case was you won, you beat that difficulty number, which is, uh, good until you win too often. Right. Because like I said, what you do affects the rest of the people of Morovia. Right. You know, if, right. if you win over and over and over again, then they might not ever let you stop winning. Right. So we're gonna, I'm just going to make a quick note uh, uh, for that, you know, win. And hopefully that will not come back to haunt you later we'll as, a, as a symbol that, no, you must never lay down mm-hmm. the sword. This is now, you know, Morovia forever. Hopefully. For, <laughs> exactly. All right. So you've got the, um, you've removed that buff from the tank. Okay. Um, it is no longer focused on the church, uh, and yeah, the troops are gathered around it now instead of being spread out. Still tracking with its cannon, though. Now that now right. that they know where the target is, they figure it's time to start shooting at it. Right. So I think I'm going to have to power through mm-hmm. that, those sandbags
1: and just take out that tank. Finish the off it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Um we firing weapons? What, kind of, what yeah. kind of attack are we
1: using? I think that we are firing both turrets. Mm-hmm. I think it's a focused shot of both turrets at once. Mm-hmm. I think the strafing run was a lot of, like, shooting in different spots to, like, mm-hmm. just like keep them off guard, but I think now it's, like, aiming every turret mm-hmm. at, like, the main gun of the tank to just blow it to okay. smithereens.
2: That sounds like another observant action, because we're using direct fire. Yeah. So that's your focused dice. Uh, they still have the sandbags there, so you're still gonna drop one. Uh, so you'll roll three instead of the four, but three is right. still pretty good. So yeah, go ahead and roll it. Got a six. There's a six. Nice. Four and two. Okay, so you've got that six That's plus four is mm-hmm. ten total. Ten total. All right. Yeah. So yeah, um, the uh, blast um, from the the guns uh, pings off the outer armor of the tank, and then slowly uh, just chips away at it. Right. Uh, the tank crew starts, you know, get, get nervous. They start to get scared. They they back away. They throw themselves to the ground. You know, as, as bullets ricochet back and forth, uh, you can see the armor uh, bend, and then uh, some of your rounds pierce through. And I think they've probably hit the, uh, the fuel supply in the tank, because the tank goes up in a fireball. Great. Uh, you know, Flame gouts out of the, uh, uh, the turret uh, uh, openings. Um, you know, smoke billows up in the sky. Right. The, the crew run screaming and throw themselves into the ground away from the, the explosion. Um, it scorches the sides of the buildings around it. Um, it blows up, and it blows up big. So that uh, removes the tank. From the problem, uh, uh, problem from the situation here. Uh, your power level is now at 14 because of the, uh, six we spent there. That's a win. Wasn't really protecting anybody there though. No, um, particularly. yeah. Um, but since it's a win, again, I'm just going to mark another point there sure. for sort of the, the, the rising level of chaos and aggression. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you've, uh, yeah, you've blasted that tank to kingdom come. Uh, the soldiers are scattered and, and shouting. Um, one of them uh, uh, has grabbed up a rocket launcher, okay. and uh, it looks like he's got his wits about him. He's trying to pull the rest of them into line, and you know, and and, and get them to start firing, right? So
1: I think when that happens, I mm-hmm. think keeping a distance is no longer a real option
2: because if they've got artillery like that, and then mm-hmm. they'll be able to knock me out of the sky. That's true. Yes. So, he, yep. He uh, his buff is that rocket launcher. So if you find a way to attack that doesn't involve the rocket launcher, then yes, you can escape that buff. Then I'm gonna close in and engage in melee.
1: Okay. Via um, I think that the weapon in this case, as he comes down, Mm -hmm. is those chunky that chunky armor around his hands becomes like bigger and chunkier. Mm -hmm. And it just turns into these massive, like picturing like hellboy fists. (laughs) So he's just like grabbing and like knocking people aside. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to do it in a way that's not going to like Viscerally kill them, but like at least like
2: mm-hmm. incapacitate. Well your orders are to neutralize the enemy by yeah. by any means necessary, and if you have to kill one or two of them, you get the rest to the you get the rest to surrender. That's, then, hey, that's you know that's, that's it's war. That's the job. Making it but, out without breaking eggs. All right, so this is a strong action, I believe, because we're just yeah. battling in there to hit things. Uh, you're able to evade the rocket launcher, so they don't have that buff, uh, to, you know, to to hold against you. Um the difficulty for this action is six. Okay. Um and since it's fitness, you're rolling the full four dice for this. All right. I got a six. A six. Plus four is ten.
3: Alright. Ten.
2: So that's another win. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
3: And we're down to eight. Eight, good.
2: Alright. Yeah. Exactly as you said it's like Hellboy it's clobbering mm-hmm. yeah, it's clobbering clobberin time t- it's clobbering oh yeah you charge in there you smash them aside the first one you hit is the guy with the rocket launcher mm-hmm. so that that thing just goes flying away into the air you know and crashing to the ground um yeah you know they're 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 scrambling and trying to get control of the situation as you just clock one guy after the other mm-hmm. you know putting them down or knocking them away i mean it's, it's very inelegant fighting because i think it's sort of it's sort of
1: you know, blue collar, like from the you know from the neighborhood, fighting. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like boxing.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you smash them around, you know, knocking them from one side to the other until no one else is is moving or trying to get at you, and then you know they're just all sort of uh, you know the ones who are still alive are, are crawling away from you. Right. Wow, that's quite thrilling. That sense of power it that comes sure from this, it comes from this machine, that comes from this, you know, this this strength that you've got in order to. To pummel these guys. And yeah. then, uh, you know, as, as you turn back around and sort of admiring your handiwork, you can see a few people peeking their heads out mm-hmm. of the church, just like bizarre looks on their faces. Right. Some just looking on in utter awe, some of them like on the verge of of, of, of cheering, but others just aghast, like looking at the bodies right. and the destruction and the, the scorch marks on the side of the church, you know, and, and the tank there. Yeah. And then there's this man made out of metal with wings sort of standing in the middle of all of it. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the job's done. Get out of there," says
3: Berzin. I,
2: I think he throws a salute mm-hmm. to the to
1: the the aghast looking people. Mm-hmm. Just just the slightest bit, uh, like unaware of like their, mm-hmm. their their proper reaction to him. He throws them a salute
2: with his giant Hellboy hand, mm-hmm. and then just takes off. Okay, lifts off into the air, fly back through the uh, through the clouds, and back towards uh, uh, the scrapyard. Uh by the time you land and uh, uh you know in Scrapyard, um, you're already hearing over the radio chatter about the, the rocket man, you know, mm-hmm. who save this this tiny little hamlet up in up in the hills. People are already wondering, what does that mean? What's you know, what does this mean for the war? Is this some new, you know, amazing weapon that will save us all? Uh as you sit down, um and begin to uh, uh step back towards the little changing area, uh, the you know, you, you give the armor, uh, give the machine the command to stand down. Sure. And all that armor, all those big pieces that we, you know, covered over, you begin to peel away, uh, break apart, just sort of dissolve um, so that they fall off you in chunks. And those chunks separate into smaller pieces and smaller pieces after that until there's just sort of this, like, uh, a trail of, of gray uh, powder left behind as the machinery, you know, breaks apart. And you step into a little tent where your clothes are waiting for you to change back into them. And then you're back in the jeep on the way back to town with... Um, with uh, uh, Commander Burza giving you sort of a you know a post uh, uh, action congratulatory speech, telling right. you, "Oh, listen. really impressed by what you did out there. Great work. Uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, what you can do next time." I mean, you, you've set a great example for the people of Morovia. Uh, you're an inspiration. So I had a job and I did it. It's nothing to be overly proud of or overly scornful of. <laughs> I admire a humble man. It's good of you, though. So once you're back in town, um, you know, a couple of days have gone by and then well, the war has definitely picked up. I mean there are more and more stories about it. Right. Marta is bouncing around ever more eager and anxious oh, yeah. to get out there and, and do something to save her country, and that means Hannah is getting ever more nervous. Mm-hmm. Um Since we're back in town, let's take a look at the anger and despair sure. things. So during that fight we had three wins. Right. The opening up anger and despair in the world is zero. So we didn't really have any losses by you, so despair stays where it is at zero. Okay. But the wins uh, begin to track right. upward. Um, so that first point will bump our anger up to one. Now this goes sort of in in, uh, in ranks. Right. So in order for it to go up beyond one, I actually have to have two more points. Oh, and hey, I do have two more points. So that means that the anger reaches two. In the world. Okay. Those three points break down to two since it advances and advances by ranks and and so on. That makes sense. Yep. So that means that the current anger out there is two, which is fine because you can handle, you have the capacity to deal with two anger Mm -hmm. interactions with people. Once it gets beyond that, and people are a little more freaked out than you're comfortable dealing with and things start to get difficult. Right. Uh, But right now, all the, the propaganda and the shouting and the people, you know, cursing the Hansa, you know, uh, along with every toast, here's to your health and here's to the end of the Hansa. You know, yeah. here's to your health and here's to the death of the Asturian Empire. That's not getting to you yet. That doesn't right. strike you as beyond the pale. Um, so it's okay. That energy it, it, is is out? A,
1: it is a war and it will die down when the fighting ends. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. People will, will come to their senses. Going yeah. to No one's going to no turn this into a bigger thing than it needs right. to be. I'm... Sure. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'm sure. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yep. So anyway, uh, you're back in town now, so we can open the story up a little bit okay. here. Uh You can do more about what you want to do in town. Uh, similar to the power level, now we have the war clock. Okay. So in town, we have an element like the power level that we're tracking. It uh, ticks down with, you know, your actions as before. Uh, when that hits zero or less, then... You know, there's another attack, and sure. you're going to have to abandon uh, uh, the town to go do stuff. So in town, um, you know, there are a couple of things we can we can pursue. Uh, you can try and uh, build connections with people. You can try to, and you know, improve yourself. Or you can just see what kind of things happen in town that you can get messed up in. Right. Uh, let's pick a bond character yeah. for you.
1: So um, I would love to build a bond with... Hannah. Hannah. Hannah was the mother, right? Yep. Hannah yeah, was the mother. They build a bond with Hannah. Okay. Yeah. We seem to have a connection.
2: So. so let's note her down on the first yeah. bond there, and uh, uh, next to her, just put uh, put a one in that. All right. in that J shaped box there. Now a bond is important because every time you are in a scene with someone who has a bond, you have a bond with. You get that chance to earn uh, those points of joy, even if it's got nothing to do with your drive or your hope. Like you can just call on her in an entirely social manner, you know, without worrying about like duty and safety and honor, and 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 that still gives you the chance to earn some joy from that interaction because she matters to you, yeah, uh, just as much as your you know duty and uh, and honor and and safety do. Um, So one of the things you probably want to do is pursue building up these bonds of people. It's a source of joy. It's a way to you know, keep the story moving forward. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, deepening those bonds gives you more chance for more joy. Right. Um, self-improvement, as I said, uh, training stuff, uh, can also be used to to increase your stats. And that also involves using up some of your time. So what does Klaus do? I think Klaus is going to ask Hannah on a date. Mm-hmm. I think he's going
1: to do it real old-fashioned, like, with, like, flowers and such. But I think mm-hmm. that he wants to – he senses he, he – he likes Hannah, and he wants to pursue that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's feeling very, uh, like, vital. he's feeling revitalized, and I think he wants to pursue to, like, you know, so yeah, so I think that's what he's going to do.
3: Okay,
2: excellent. Um, yeah, Hannah is, um, she's a kindly old lady. Uh, her husband, you know, passed away years ago. Um She's still younger than you, not, you know, sure, not that far, far along, but, um, you know, Marta, uh Keeps her comfortably so she can spend most of her time uh, at home just doing little chores for people. Sure. Sewing, you know, uh, uh, knitting, mending, washing, all that sort right. of thing. So, you know, she's often at home, so it's easy to find her and, and call on her with a, uh, you know, a bouquet of flowers and you know, some, some kind words. Um, there's going to be a big wine tasting event coming up soon, which everyone's been chattering about. So you, you can probably, you know, score some cheap tickets to that since you already work right. uh, with Fairmont. I think that's exactly what I'm going to do. I mm-hmm. think that sounds like a lovely night out. Yeah. Well, there's no one in Idol who doesn't love wine. Right. It's kind of a requirement of living there is that, you you know, <laughs> <laughs> everyone has to have opinions about wine and everybody has to, like, you know, tell what their favorite. If anybody from Idol tells you they don't like wine, then they're lying that they grew up there. I
1: think Klaus doesn't like wine in oh. particular. I think it's too sweet for him. No, but I think I that
2: see. he's like, he's trying to learn to love it. Mm-hmm. You okay.
1: know, I learned to love scotch. It's all the same thing. I'll learn to love wine. Huh.
2: Sounds like a good uh, a good uh, uh, goal. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um so yes, uh the tasting event is uh a little more fancy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Hannah puts on a, a nice dress that's uh you know certainly not stylish, Right. you know, a right. decade or so out of out of
1: date for for fancy I think stuff. But Klaus it, is wearing the exact same type of thing where yeah. it's like he's got a suit, he's got a suit. He's the one suit. Mm-hmm. And it's like brown. He's a brown
2: suit. In mm-hmm. black shoes gotcha, gotcha he's, he's trying, he's trying real hard, mm-hmm. um just about everybody who you know is there so far, uh, I mean of course Gene, I know your your boss is there mm-hmm. uh smiling and nodding at everybody. Ash Abelhand, who's another uh one of the the workers uh is there as well, looking kind of strange. he's definitely borrowed someone else's uh suit to dress sure. nice for this, this is not not his. Kind of thing, you know, he's got rough, calloused hands poking yeah. out of the, the two tight sleeves of this, uh, the seat. It's definitely, you know, small for him. Um, there are some other people there. Uh, Marta is nowhere to be seen tonight, but, uh, Alicia, who, uh, works, uh, at the winery is there, and, uh, Nilla, who's the daughter of, uh, you know, of, uh, the owners, uh, guiding people through the tasting. Like, you know, you know, check the bouquet on this one, you know, and this is a lovely vintage, leading everybody through that, uh, through that, that oh, whole, right. uh, event. So, eventually, it comes your turn to do the blind tasting event where, uh, you know, they give you different sips of different okay. vintages and ask you to identify. Everybody thinks it's 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 great fun to do yeah. this. Uh, you know, and and Hannah thinks it's just delightful, especially the part, like, you know, as soon as she has the blindfold on, she just can't stop laughing at how, how, sure. how silly it is. Sure, sure. Um, but then uh, they come to you, Klaus. Uh, they give you the blindfold and they give you the, the little, you know, the little rack of, of tiny glasses. And uh, so, how well do you do? In, uh, judging wines, Um, not... I don't imagine super well. Mm-hmm. Should we make a roll of that, or should we just, uh... I think so. Let's see. What what's, what, um... What's your angle on this? Like, I think it's... Have you been preparing for this thing, or is it just sort of like, let's see what happens? I think that... Ooh,
1: I think I know his exact angle. I mm-hmm. think it's that he's going to try and be, like, amicable and, mm-hmm. like, fun about it, and he's going to, like, crack jokes and sort of, like be cutesy with it Mm -hmm. and sort of make it into a fun
2: thing okay sounds like he's trying to be charming and and hopefully empathetic so he can you know get along with people and all that yeah all right cool so um that's two dice for your charming the difficulty on this one is six all right so it's two dice for charming but you uh oh not succeed okay four Mm -hmm. four all right so there's our first failure um you crack a few jokes Smile and, and and everyone laughs and so on and ha 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 ha. But then uh, things get a little too jokey mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you make kind of a, a buffoonish move mm-hmm. with your arm, and you hear a, a, a you know you hear a glass hit the table yeah. and you hear some 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 oh. startled gasps. When you pull the uh, blindfold off, you see that you've managed to knock over one of these tasting glasses, splash it across the table, um, Nilla. Is uh, frantically dabbing at the white sleeves right. of her of her dress, uh, you know, trying to uh, do something before these the, you know, these red wine stains set in. And uh,
3: yeah,
2: Hannah uh, is sort of staring at you with this, you know, kind of aghast at like, right. uh,
3: um, you
2: know, so upset about this faux pas. No, is important around yeah. here. <laughs> she apologizes profusely, you know, right. uh, stands up and then and sort of grabs you by the arm and, and pulls you out of there, right. So, um, yeah, she pulls you out of there, um, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Really embarrassed. Um, this is not a, 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 situation that's, that's worked out well for you. Right. Um, I'm going to tick the war clock a little closer to the next, uh, uh the next bad scene. Right. Now, we kind of moved past that quickly. I think we both enjoyed the idea of the failure. There are ways you can try to buy your way out okay. of failure with joy points, but I I, I kind of liked that. Uh, I think it works better if it he fails. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's not his scene, and mm-hmm. I think
1: it's, it's better for him to not fit into that scene.
2: Yeah, you go home a little embarrassed, just as Hannah okay. does. So I want you to mark one point of pain. Okay. Now, you can see that pain and joy are on opposite ends of a scale. Yes. Um, if the two run into each other, then they can start to override one another. So, you know, if, if you have a lot of joy, you can help prevent gaining more pain. Uh, the other side of that, though, is pain ties closely into your machine. The machine in you doesn't really understand pain. Sure. So any kind of pain can sort of force it to activate, to try and preserve you. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. So that yeah. means you know if if you if you were to get shot, the machine would activate itself in order to preserve your, you know, your body. Right. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a repeated heartbreak doesn't feel that different to the machine, so yeah. it might start to <laughs> exert more of its control. Hum- human emotion. Yeah, exactly. Human emotion doesn't mean too much to it. Right. That makes sense. Um but after, you know, uh, a few after a few nights, um, Hannah seems to have forgiven you, forgotten the event, and all that kind of thing. Um, Nilla, you've noticed keeps a uh, uh, keeps an eye on you and uh, has, has sort of spread the word that you're clumsy because now Marta never lets right. you uh, never lets you pick up anything without one of like, them. Oh, be careful! You don't drop that. Sure, yeah, for sure, sure. Not as as aggressive, but still in that sort of playful old man way. Right. Yeah. She knows that you were trying to impress her mom, and she thinks yeah. it's cute and all that sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: so I think that's the next thing I'm going to do is, uh, I guess we can phrase this as training. Mm -hmm. Is he's going to try to be like extra graceful at work, Mm -hmm. like do things, do things, and do things. Maybe even a little like slightly recklessly of like trying to show that you know that was I was blindfolded. That was an accident. Mm -hmm. I'm actually very graceful and young and virile and all those things. Mm
2: -hmm. So you're trying to improve uh, an ability. Yes. Um, all right. Well, which, uh, which ability are you going to improve? Then we, um, you can work on a skill or you can work on a talent. I think I'm trying to work on deft. I'm trying I'm to work deft. on the skill deft, Ooh, yeah. deft. Okay. So improving a talent isn't really just like a, a one-and-done thing. Sure. It's sort of considered this is time you're spending through the sure. days and weeks in Morovia. Um, so in order to improve deft, go ahead and tick off the first box, on right. a little track there underneath deft. That's good. That's one already. Uh, once you've ticked off more boxes than your rating, your rating goes up by one. Okay. So in this case, since your rating is one, once you tick off the second box, your def goes up to two, and we clear that sure. away. Now, for the time you spend doing that, roll a D6. All right One, one. that's great. your uh your your training is extremely efficient and doesn't interfere with other stuff, so the war clock only ticks down by one with that uh, with that. So yeah, you spread that through your days. Trying to, you know, demonstrate, I'm I'm practically a ballet dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. think he's... I think it's
1: slightly obnoxious and adorable in equal amounts. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think...
3: What do I think he wants
1: to do next? I think he's probably, um... Could I train that again immediately, or should I do something else? Oh, uh, you your, can if you like. You've, you've got, got a time. Train. There's a lot that of time the Because mm-hmm. I think I want to put that up to two. Mm-hmm. He's doing that, like during work and I think he's doing a lot of mm-hmm. duck and weave style things to tr- <laughs> sort of like he's got those memories of like boxing those dudes so I think he's doing a lot of mm-hmm. this a lot of ducking and weaving sure. like after work. Let's roll that again. Yeah.
2: Four. 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 That four. Okay. That ticks us down a little further on the work clock. Um, yeah. Well yeah that's another level of that so you can up your deft to two mm-hmm.
3: and you can clear out the track. Mm-hmm. Good.
2: So, yeah, um, Klaus has made getting, you know, more uh, yeah more uh, fit and deft a big part of his time in town now, um, which is great because yeah. he feels a lot younger. The more he works this stuff, the more young he feels. I mean, the knee practically doesn't bother you anymore. Right. You know, even on, on really uh, cold and, and rainy mornings, you know, you, you get up and it takes it a while to remember, oh, yeah, my knee hurts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's doing good. And I think, I think he's going to as he's doing this, as he's feeling better and feeling more agile, I think he's going to take the time to maybe show off a little bit, or <laughs> like, show off or suck up, or like, try to win back Nilla. Oh, okay. As, a, as To be like, hey, look, I'm not actually clumsy. Like, that was that was an accident, and everybody sees that it's an accident. All right. So why don't you
3: see that it's an accident? Gotcha.
2: Alright, so one day, uh, as your shift is ending, uh it's an earlier shift this day, so you're out in the afternoon, um, you decide you should probably swing by the offices, see if Nilla is there. You know, it's a, a good, a good chance to catch her. Sure. Um, so as you're, you know, on your way around to the, the front of the building, it's a beautiful day, by the way. It's almost all, I mean, Idol is just the place where postcards, sure, where uh, place where postcards come from. So, yeah, right. beautiful rolling hills and, you know, uh, beautiful wineries winery. and vineyards yeah. and all that. Yeah. And, you know, and even the town itself is this little picturesque collection of buildings and so on. I mean, even though it's kind of, it's built up, but only as far as, as a, village town in that you know little area can sure. be built up. It's quaint, very yeah. very quaint. Um, so as you're making your way around to the the you know the, the main building, sort of the, you know the the offices of the uh, of the winery, uh, you hear a, a commotion uh, coming from a little further down the road, in front of one of the little depot stops where the okay. trucks pull up to load uh, uh, boxes. There's um, a group of people gathered around and shouting angrily uh, uh, at someone. Um, Getting a little closer, uh, you can see that it looks like Ash, Ablehand is um, on the ground on his hands and knees, and there's a ring of men uh, standing around him, and uh, another man, well, it looks like it's Gene Wassler's son, actually, is standing over Ash, shouting at him. It looks like he's just throwing a punch at him, actually. he's no, like, hollering at him. Okay. So, I think that he, I think, um,
1: I think Klaus inserts himself without hesitation, because mm-hmm. somebody, a friend of his is in danger, and that's his immediate instinct, is get between, uh, get between Ash and his assailant, and mm-hmm. just be like, hey, hey, what's going on here? This is, a uh, Brand losler is, is the guy who's... Get between Ash and Brand, and be like, hey, let's calm down, everybody, everybody relax, let's take, you know...
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah, you, you step in uh, uh, into the situation and, and you know, you, Brand is, is hollering at, at uh, Ash over and over again, like, why don't you go back home? Why don't you go back where you belong, Asturian scum? You know, people like you don't belong here. You know, I don't care. You know, and Ash is, he's, Ash is kind of a, you know, an honest, simple, yeah. straightforward guy, you know. He's a,
3: he's a good worker. He's exactly. A worker. He's a
2: good worker, a hard worker. He doesn't really, he's not a, a big, big picture type person. Yeah. So he just seems astounded that Brand is shouting at him like this. Like, I what I I was born here. What do you mean? He's like, no, no, Abel Hand, come on, that's the most Asturian name in all you know in all of town. You don't belong yeah. here. Get out of this country, get out of here before someone hangs you for treason, you spy. I think yeah, I think at that he he um put
1: he lightly shoves Brand and is like, Hey, there is no need for that kind of talk. That is a house divided cannot stand. We, do, we will not. I will not hear this sort of talk from my friends and coworkers.
2: He's surprised to see you put yourself into this. I mean, there's a whole crowd of other sure. men, you know, uh, uh, you know of, of other field workers who don't really want to step into this. Yeah. So, so he's shocked that that you, of all people, are standing up to him. You know, he he, he takes a quick step back. You know, it takes an, you know an evaluation of you. Uh, uh, surprised more than anything else. Winberg, huh? Winberg. That's an awfully Asturian name as well. My grandparents were immigrants. You have a problem with that? Mm. Maybe I do. How do we know that you're really loyal to the cause of Morovia? I served Morovia military for twenty five years. Mm. That's the perfect cover, you know, for a spy, he says, and with that he uh kicks out um you know uh he, you know kicks out with uh with his boot, and uh catches Ash's elbow just as he's trying to prop himself up, you know, making him fall back into the dirt again. Uh, I think at that point, he, again, he, like, pushes
1: him back, he helps Mm -hmm. Ash to his feet, and he's like, Ash, go, go to the break room, like, and he, maybe he hands him, like, a few dollars, and Mm -hmm. is like, here, go have a drink on me, this, you know, take a break. And he turns back, Brand, you seem to enjoy picking on people, so, and he sort of holds his arms out,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: feel free to take the first shot. (laughs) Ooh, boy. Okay. Well, Brand is angry. Brand is eager to to hit things and so on. Brand is also young and fit. Ah, uh, so you that know. that has nothing to do with why he's picking this fight. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's not because he's a huge bully or anything like that. So,
1: well, I mean that. I mean that, the fact that he's the fact that he sees this young man doing this has nothing to do with
2: why Klaus has jumped so readily into mm-hmm. It's certainly exactly. not compensation thing. Right. So Brand is a bully uh which is definitely one of his buffs that's something he has in his favor he has also got uh, uh he is also a bit of a ringleader as well so if the other people get involved they're probably going to be more on his side than yours right. uh difficulty to deal with him is a 7 so you're going to take a hit from a bully right all right that sounds to me like we're relying on your fitness and yeah. probably your strength yeah. you just want to like take the hit I say because of the, his buffs, let's drop that down to three dice from okay. four. So go ahead and roll your, your fit on okay. those three dice.
1: I got a six and a four is ten.
2: All right. Six and a four is ten. He lands a solid punch on you. Um, and you don't even flinch. There's a tiny little flare of pain and then it's just washed away, like immediately.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: you know that there's pain. You feel the impact. Yeah. You feel a bit of a crunch happen somewhere, but then it's just like, it's like someone turns the volume right. down and it's gone. So what do you uh yeah, how how do you follow up on
1: that? Uh I think that he's gonna stand there mm-hmm. and maybe try to uh use the fact that he hasn't flinched and he hasn't moved mm-hmm. to like intimidate him and be like you can take another shot, but like I said, 25 years of military, I've learned how to take a punch, especially from a kid. Mm-hmm. With well, that 10, you've won this. Yeah, I mean, you can thrash him, you can so talk think down, whatever. I think he's yeah. just, like, talking mm-hmm. him down and being like, you can throw another punch. Go ahead. I'm here. We, I have it all day. You want to take your anger out, take it out on me. I can be here all day. <laughs> and After- he stands there with his arms extended like, Phil, please, <sighs> go ahead.
2: Yeah, that frightens uh, brand more than anything else, you know. I mean, he, he, he's a bully. He mm-hmm. hits people, and they cry and they run away yeah. and all that sort of thing. And here's somebody who's, you know, decades older than him. Just mm-hmm. took just took a hard punch, you know, squared in the chest,
3: yeah,
2: uh, uh, with no effect. So yeah, he he starts to stumble back away. He's like, "This, you're, you're not natural." He turns and and you know and, and storms away. Uh, a couple of the you know the men go with him. The the others sort of you know, drift back away to their various mm-hmm. tasks. Not the excitement is over, right? So that was a, definitely a win for you, yes. and you were acting to help someone else. Yes, sounds like it's in line with your hopes. Go ahead and give yourself another point of joy yeah, for, for that a point success. Four points of joy now. That's good. Yep, good. So, you still need to catch up with Nilla at some point. Yes. Uh, the rest of that day is pretty much a wash. Right. So, a few days later, you get your chance to uh, to try and, and uh, you know, make your peace with her. Her office is, you know, uh, very nicely appointed. Her father is getting on in years, so he's doing less and less work uh, around there. So, she's sure. kind of taken over most of the, the running the business. Um so you know, it's it's a nice, clean office. There are secretaries breezing back and forth with you know invoices and shipping sure, sure, forms sure. and all that kind of thing. You know, she's there, sitting you know, seated at her desk to you know quickly dash off a signature here, take a call there, and keep uh, keep the wheels turning. Um, sure. But you're given a little time to uh, uh, talk to her as the the day runs down. You know, as uh, as the calls come fewer and fewer, and the um, the uh, uh, invoices come less frequently. Sure.
3: So. Uh, Klaus,
2: what can I do for you? She says. Uh, As she does that, she immediately takes her elbows off her desk and, you know, and tucks her wrists in close to her sides.
1: Um, I think that he is going to, like, smile and maybe lower his head a little bit and be like, I just wanted to see if there's anything that you needed done around the office that maybe you could count on, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, like, just see if there's any, any other, anything that you in particular need taken care of, uh, around the warehouse. So you're asking for more work? I always, always, always am looking for another, you know, more things to do. I love, I love my job,
2: and I love helping out. Good of you to to help, Klaus, but I mean, you you know, you have your job, and you do your piece, um, you know, for everything, right? Yes, of course. She's giving you a nod that looks like she's trying to communicate something else to you. I mean, you're not just here for your job, Right. No, of course not this is i I wanted to see if see if you
1: needed anything you know i i'm new and i i'm not i'm not i'm i'm newer in town and I figured I could help out you know help out a friend I can help
2: out a friend okay well that's that's good of you um tell you what uh there is probably some stuff we can we can put you to work doing around here in the office as well um let me see. She starts, uh, you know, flipping through papers on her desk and all that sort of thing. Oh, Alicia probably needs uh, help setting up. She's got to organize uh, another event. There's going to be a, a festival in town in a couple weeks. Um, you could go and find her maybe and talk to her about uh, just setting up for that. They're going to be, you know, like getting people to sign off on things, and then the mayor wants to be involved, make huh. a speech, and all that think I could
1: help out with that, and I think that he is, like, smiling wide and, like, puffing mm-hmm. out his chest je- and being- trying to just be as, like, sunny as possible.
3: hmm
2: But, um, you are going to be able to keep things quiet, right? Of course. Nothing of course. like what happened uh, a few days ago? I- you know, I wasn't
1: going to bring that up, but if it- uh now that it's on the table, so to speak, I would like to once again sincerely apologize and say that, you know, I- we, I was having, I was having too much fun, and the blindfold was on, and well, not that.
2: No, I'm talking about the other matter. Oh,
1: yes, no, that will not be a concern. I assure
3: you. Hmm.
2: I think you need to do more to convince. Yes, her, I believe I do as well. Which is a charming action for you. Now, this woman's your boss. Yes. So she holds some power in this situation. So unless you want to take some. Action to kind of put you on an even level, she's gonna have a buff against you, meaning your two dice will be knocked down to one I
1: die. Think, I think I will take an uh an action to try to debuff that and sort of sort of um maybe leverage the fact that brand is somebody, and that like maybe be like look i I saw somebody that was I saw someone picking on someone below their station, and mm-hmm. that's it was not the right thing to do. And I probably shouldn't have gotten involved, but somebody needed to. It was not right for him to abuse his power. Okay. So sort of leveraging the fact that, leveraging the fact that, like, it wasn't the, uh, uh, leveraging his power to sort of put us on equal terms.
2: Okay. Um, that's good. You're still trying to convince her, but I think that's yeah. a way to navigate around that so you'll be yeah. able to roll both your dice. Uh, the difficulty on this one is a six, right. so roll your two charming dice. I got a six, so six. A nine total. Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. And the war clock ticks down, the clock goes down yeah that 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 argument seems to to carry water with her yeah she she recognizes that okay, I guess what um what happened there really wasn't uh right and proper, and you were justified to do that, but what seems that a greater concern is that you're not keeping a low profile, and she kind of needs some assurance from you that you will keep a low profile. Some of the stuff you've been doing has been very showy for that's an fair. old man with white hair who's a former veteran with a leg wound. it has been doing an awful lot of running and capering and fighting, and people are starting to notice this sort of thing. Mm. So can I get some reassure me that that's not going to be a problem?
1: Yes, I can assure you. If, you've, if you if you want me seen and not heard, I will be seen and not heard. I so I uh yeah, I think that he gives her the the zip mm-hmm. and like gives her a nod and a little like two finger salute, mm-hmm. ducks out and I think he's going to go out of his way to just not see anybody, not talk <laughs> to anybody and because he knows that if he sees somebody that he might get involved. Right. So I think his objective now is to stay out of everyone's way.
3: Okay, so
2: that's the, the goal. We need to sort of see how well he, yeah. he accomplishes that for her sake. Um, if it sounds more like you're just trying to avoid people, like you're not really trying to convince them because yeah. you're just trying to avoid them as much as possible, which is really more about being focused yes, and about being observant. yes, Staying aware of your situation. So that's good. You can roll all four focused yeah. dice. The difficulty on this one's a seven.
3: Alright, I got a six.
2: Okay, So that's, so that's a nine six. total. Nine total. Excellent. Okay. Our war clock is at the bottom. So for the next few days, you play up being an old man a little more. You don't leap across, uh, uh, you know, you don't leap down the aisles beside Marta trying to outpace her as she scrambles to fill orders. You know, uh, um, you stay clear of brand. I think I play up my knee a little bit, like, Mm -hmm. in doing things. I'm like, ah, you know, the old knee. Brand stays clear of you, so that, that sort of stuff stays quiet. So, so yeah, you seem to have done a better job of, of putting up that front of just, you know, being a nice ordinary guy. Uh Hannah um seems to have forgiven you for uh for everything and Excellent. uh you know has begun to bring uh, uh you know big lunches around again Excellent. and making sure that you, you get a mince pie or whatever when he bring uh, when she brings uh brings food to uh Marta. Um, and it's, in fact, just as you sit down to one of those nice lunch breaks with uh, you and Marta sitting down across from Hannah and this little table there just sort of having this nice little family meal that there's a, a loud knock uh, from the doorway and you see uh, Commander Berza standing there again, you know, uh, uh, dressed in a not, uh, you know, right dres- dressed in a not military uniform. Right. Excuse me, uh, Klaus, can I have a word?
1: And his shoulders slouch, and Mm -hmm. I think for the first time, like, since sort of being in this project, he sort of feels a little bit of maybe resentment or disappointment at being called to duty, Mm -hmm. because now there's something else that's sort of... He has other things to look to, so I think this is the Mm -hmm. first time where he doesn't sort of, like, hop-skip to it. Right. So shoulders slouch, and he's like, I have to talk to an old friend about some business, if you'll excuse me. And he walks out, and then the door closes behind him.
2: Sorry to interrupt your lunch and all that. There's uh, a blockade. Southern uh, harbors. They've moved in the big guns, so we've got to hit back with our big guns. I believe you mean big guns singular. And I'm on the and I am reporting for duty. Excellent. Well, let's go. There's a country to save, a future to win. All right. We load cops into the car. I think for now that's game.
1: All right. Cool, oh, That's awesome. I love that. I really like this game. I think it plays. I love the, the. I love the pairing of the out of war stuff with the war stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that was really cool. That's always been a big uh, um, drive for me is yeah. to try and have games that have a sort of a dramatic flow built yeah. in by having like you know by, by putting these two cycles of things. Yeah, and I think side. it works really mm-hmm. well. Good, good. I'm oh. glad you enjoyed.
1: Russell, thank you for coming on Party of One. That was awesome. Oh, sure. So where uh, can people find your work online?
2: Uh, the best place is probably to look for my uh, website. It's uh, robotclaw, one word, dot .info. Um, I can also be found on Google Plus and Twitter, uh, Twitter handle at robotclaw. Google Plus, you can look for me, Russell Collins, and you'll, you'll find me there probably. Uh, yeah, but all my the, sort of the source for my game stuff, robotclaw.info.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up
0: with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, Fast Me. And thanks again to Russell for coming on the show. Gosh, I love that game. I love it so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. (sighs) If you liked it as much as I did, you'll be excited to know that I can confirm a part two is happening. We're sitting down in the next few weeks. One of the things that's really cool about this game is that it's got campaign play built into it and not a ton of two-player games do that. So Russell and I both wanted to sit down and kind of dig into how that works. I'm super excited. I cannot wait to play this game more. I cannot wait to play this character more. Ah, oh, just I'm I'm all about it. Huh. Be sure to check out Russell's work at robotclaw.info and follow him on Twitter at robotclaw. Then while you're on Twitter, follow this show at Party of One Pod. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com/Party of One Podcast. And if you really love the show, consider telling a friend iTunes reviews, social media shoutouts, and word-of-mouth recommendations do a lot in helping us grow the show, find new listeners, and just be bigger, better, and cooler. Party of One is produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank, this episode edited by Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. That's it for me, party people. Until next time, thanks for listening, and party on. Never gonna die.